want to thank you so much. That was fabulous. It was 1960-something. I was a first grader down the street at Hammond Elementary School, and I was in love, or so I thought. Do you have a crazy uncle in your family? My crazy uncle was in town. So I was telling him, he had one know if I had a girlfriend, and I said, you know, and I told him. So he had some advice for you. Next time you see her, grab her and give her a kiss. That's what he told me. So I go to Hammond Elementary School to <laughs> visit, and um, something in me told me that really wasn't the best advice. So I did not do what Uncle Tom told me to do. And so, yes, I can run for political office if I want to. <laughs> but then we spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out what love is, don't we? We, we spend the school years and then the high school years and all of those years and then you get married, if you're lucky like me. And you learn what it is over time. And then the kids come and hopefully faith comes. And our definition of love expands and broadens. So today we're not doing a sermon really on Valentine's because we started our series on the Lord's Prayer. But I'm going to tell you an unbelievable love story today. Before we do that, let's pray. Our Father, today we are going to see just how much we are loved as we continue to look at the model prayer that Jesus gave us. Help us to be convinced. Help us to be blown away. Help us to be changed and to change our definitions of love. Help us to not draw lines but to have an unlimited source of love for the world around us the way you do. To make us Christ-like. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we looked at two words, our Father. And what we saw was hopefully a staggering thought that the God created who created this universe. And we showed pictures of the planets and the stars and the galaxies. And we learned that there are more planets and suns and stars in this universe than there are grains of sand in all the beaches of this land. It's a staggering thought in how small Earth is comparatively, and you're part of billions on this Earth. And when we started to feel small, we got to the point where Jesus said, call when you pray, say, our Father. And so the staggering thought last week was that we can call the God who created the universe, Father. So Matthew 6 and Luke 11 are the sections of Scripture where we find this model prayer. And it begins with these four words. Last week, our Father. This week, in heaven. We dream of heaven, don't we? You dream of heaven? It is our ultimate goal. That's what my plan is. We are comforted with the thought of heaven. When we say goodbye to loved ones, and they are people of faith. We are comforted with the thought of heaven. Even this week, I shared thoughts 
with friends that are, aren't far from going to heaven. We sing about heaven. There's a lot of great old hymns about heaven. When we all get to heaven, at my dad's funeral, my brothers and I sang, I'll fly away, or victory in Jesus. Either one, they're about heaven. In the sweet by and by, we sing. When the roll is called up yonder, some of you remember those songs. Even in the secular world, they sing about heaven. Eric Clapton wrote a beautiful song, Tears in Heaven, in 1991 after the tragic death of his four-year-old son. Led Zeppelin sang a song, Stairway to Heaven. Los Lonely Boys made a hit with How Far Is Heaven. So it's not just the Christians that sing about heaven. It's everybody that they think, you know, that's a place I want to go. And so I think all of us dream about heaven. I want us to look at one description from Revelation about, if you're a believer, a place you will be, heaven. It's in chapter 21. I begin reading at verse 11 what John saw. He says, It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. The names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones. On them were written the names of the 12 apostles and of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were 1,400 miles. He measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standards used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper. The city was pure gold. That's where we get the streets of gold. Clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones, jasper, sapphire, agate, emerald, onyx, carnelian, chrysolite, beryl, topaz, chrysoprase, jacinth, and amethyst. The 12 gates were made of pearls. That one gets my imagination because can you imagine the oyster if the gate's made out of pearl? Anyway, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold as clear as gold. I plan to see that. I do. Scripture tells us a little bit more about it. Compared to earth and heaven, there will be, Eric Clapton was right, there'll be no tears. There'll be no cry. There'll be no death. There'll be no mourning. There will be no, no pain. Our Father is headquartered there. He waits for us there. And Jesus said this in John 14 about our journey. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And we're there with Jesus one day in heaven. Back to music for just a second. I've long said that there's one song I won't play at my funeral. And of all the hymns and of all the things I've learned from church, the one song I really want at my funeral was done by Walt Disney. 
It's the song of the Sabbath. And let me read you some words and let you know why I want this at my view. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine headed my way. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. I love it. And Doris Day is a great version of it. And I think that's what I want at my funeral one day. One of the reasons I tell you this is I told my friend Talene Chapman, she's on our prayer list, and she's pretty close to heaven now if the hospice people are right, if the doctor's right. But I told Talene that a couple of years ago. And she kind of liked that idea. She's 101 now. She turned 101 in December. And I saw her this week and I was, we were talking about heaven and she's not far away. And so you don't beat around the bush at a time like that. You ask questions, who are you looking forward to seeing? And she told me about a grandma, Cornelia, she was looking for seeing and her daughter that's there. Different friends that have passed on. We were talking about heaven and during the conversation she stopped and looked at me and she said, zippity doo dah." <laughs> It had been two years at least since I told her about Song of the South, and she thought, my, oh, my, what a wonderful day. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. You ever been someone you, somewhere you never wanted to leave? You just felt comfortable there? Maybe in a special place, the beach, the mountains, the woods, the lake, the river, a place of beauty? Maybe it was with a special person, a loved one, a dear friend, a, a big group perhaps. Maybe with a time in your life, you wish you could go back to that time. Maybe it was your childhood, or maybe it was when your kids were, were home before the nest got in. I had a nephew that would say when he was growing up, when he really loved a day, Jordan would say, I wish this day would never end. You've had a day that. What's that have to do with heaven and with the Lord's Prayer? Think about it. This part of the prayer is remarkable to me. Our Father in heaven. You want to talk about love? Jesus, who's teaching the disciples to pray that prayer, left heaven to come here for us. And that's the greatest love I can ever tell you about. Can you imagine leaving heaven? Over the years, friends that have gone on, I've said, you know, I wish I could bring them back and show them this or ask them this. And then I thought, oh, they'd be mad at me if I did. <laughs> they don't want to leave. Revelation 12, beginning verse 7, tells us about Satan and his followers getting kicked out. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought. They did not prevail, nor the place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Satan and his followers deserved their eviction notice. But Jesus left his Father in heaven to come and rescue us. And he did it willingly. And that's a great love story. 
John 6, 38, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And Jesus said this, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 8, 23, Jesus is talking to non-believers who are arguing with him. And he said to them, you're from below and I'm from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. His hope was heaven and he came here. In John 17, 5, Jesus is praying to the Father and he says, So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. He had to be longing for heaven every day he walked on this earth. Philippians 2 says this, let each of you not look to your own interests, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave. Being born in human likeness, being found in human form, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. That is love. Leaving his father, leaving heaven, taking on the form of a servant, and dying on the cross. 2 Corinthians 8 9 puts it this way For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, put your name there, for you, for me, he became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich. He left his heavenly home to show us how to get there. So we can join him. When Jesus is praying, our Father in heaven, he's reminding us of immeasurable love. He left the Father, he left his heavenly home. And here Jesus is also showing us what we can have one day. In Romans 8, Paul says this in verse 18. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. Paul was looking towards heaven, a place that Jesus left to show us how to find. So in the last two weeks, we've did four words, and I'm going to have to speed up a little bit because there's 68 or so in the prayer. But we look at two great thoughts. Number one, the God that created this universe and everything in it wants us to call Him Father. And point two today, Jesus left heaven to come to earth to save us, to take us to heaven to be with our Father. Our Father in heaven. Can you believe your great fortune? We are so blessed. Today, if we're believers, that is prepared for us. We've made arrangements to be with our Father in heaven. If not, we need to talk. And my microphone just fell off. How about that? So I guess it's time to quit. <laughs> this week, be thankful for your Father in heaven. And when you think about the love story of Valentine's, think about Jesus coming from perfection to earth because he loves you. Let's pray together. Ben, let's do this microphone. Let's pray. Our Father in